Josh, is it is it recording? Well, you could have you could have said it was recording. Hiya, it's Sally here. <laughs> just a quick one, just a quick one. You can now rate Say Your Mind podcast on Spotify as well as Apple Podcasts. So if you can, do make sure that you do both. I know that some of you are just a little bit lazy. I can't say that. But why? Why? Why is it rate? Uh, anyway, <laughs> now for the urban intro music. <laughs> It's the Ben's Brunani woman is Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this Help you sit down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea we are go sippy here Hard time scrolling for your long shorts You might learn something you never know Collect you find, and she's one of a kind Don't say you mind, say you mind I know why you called, but it won't work we're not helping that prick with any streaming, actually. Um, yeah, anyway, it's me, Kalechi, and you're listening to SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What. That's right, suck your mum. I'm back for another week. Oh, well, I really don't feel like it. I, I should have been back on video this week, but I just, no. I didn't even get to see the final bit of um, Hamilton getting P2 at the Hungarian Grand Prix because my phone was ringing out and I had to then sort out things for customers for the pole studio. And it, like people tell you to delegate and then you're still putting out fires. <laughs> Don't let anyone trick you. You still have to do lots of work even after delegating. Um, but anyway, you know, I'm here. And that is the most important thing. I am here and I I guess I'm ready to go. I won't waste any time. Um, Updates on the live show. Um, Monkeypox willing, COVID willing. The live show is still on Sunday, 25th of September. I don't have those things, by the way. I was just saying generally, you know, unless like, boom, this episode lands and then they announce like England is in a state of emergency and everything, lack off. Um, But yeah, we'll see in it. So I shouldn't say that because you'll be like listening to be like fucking collect you shut the fuck up you're always doing this, <laughs> but fingers crossed for us all. Anyway, live show still happening Sunday twenty fifth of September at Sadler's Wells Theatre. Um, starts at six pm. Why am I telling you that? Because I've got the thing. So in terms of merch, you'll have um tote bags, and you'll also have um you know how much I love Crocs, right? You know how much I love Crocs. And this is why I love my OG listeners, my OG listeners that feel like friends, because when they suggest things, it's just so in alignment with me. There are people who literally only started listening to the podcast or like have their vested reasons in listening. So they don't know me, but my OGs, they know me in it. So um, I think it was uh, Dr. Faraha. She suggested, she was like, oh, why don't you do Crocs charms? And then later, Annie was like, oh, why don't you do Crocs charms? And I thought, you know what? That is an actual mood because I love putting all the little charms, all the gibbets on my Crocs. So why wouldn't I have a Say Your Mind one? So at the live show, you will have the Chat Shit Get Banged um, charms for your Crocs, as well as the SYM logo with a straw for your Crocs as well. Um, I've only made a few of them. I didn't go wild. I made like just a few hundred of each, even though there's going to be like loads and loads of people there. Basically, I did not make anywhere near 
what the number of people, not even near half of what the people are going to be um, in attendance. I didn't because I, you know, I just like to move mad. I, I, I don't know if you've clocked. I just like to move mad. So um, I would suggest you get there early. So if you want to get the charms, you can pick them up as well as a tote bag them things there. And for those who are holding out for the affirmation card deck, well, it's going to happen after that. You'll have, you'll have a, yeah, yeah. You'll have a little while. <laughs> no, you won't. <laughs> but those who know, know what would come soon after that anyway, after the live show. Um, but I'm very much looking forward to seeing people. I'm not so excited about the show right now, there's like just bits to sort out and I just feel like the enjoyment is drained out of it but once all of those things are fine-tuned I think I'll just be on the home straight to making this a phenomenal show um so I keep seeing the star card as I'm shuffling these cards but yeah looking forward to it what have I been up to well I went to the nope premiere you know Jordan Peele's new film starring Daniel Kaluuya and Kiki Palmer um No spoilers whatsoever. I can't spoil something that I don't understand. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. Jesus of Leicester Square. I have nothing to tell you. I have nothing to report back because, you know, like even when people go no spoilers, they'll they'll tell you a little something. I don't know what was going on. And that is so rare for me to say, but I stand in my truth. Um, and I look forward to you all watching it because there may be some of you can come and explain it to me. Somebody messaged me about a deep dive um, chat regarding Atlanta. I saw the email. I haven't responded because I'm basically overwhelmed with all of the admin that I have to do behind the scenes for like literally everything. But I saw I saw your message and I rock with it. We'll see what can happen about that. Um, what else? Yeah, I think, oh, so yeah, sorry. I went to the note premiere. (laughs) How could I forget? My dress was a fucking madness. My dress was a fucking madness. I came into the place and I just tore it the fuck up because that's what I like to do. I like to go into places and I just like to fuck it up. Sorry, I had to do that. That's my alter ego, Gary. Um, No, but as in Gary, as in Gary, that you drink, as in Ijebu Gary. That's how his Gary is spelled, not G-A-R-Y. Anyway, um, I'm really proud of myself. No, let's take a moment because I've been telling the girlies, I've been telling the girlies for a minute. Don't play with me when it comes to fashion. When it comes to the fashions, you better not be playing. Why? Because I'm a Libra sun. So even when I have all these Scorpio, like these, like my Scorpio stellium and I'm an Aries rising, which is very much giving like, oh, she's so, that Libra sun, always takes the edge off. It just means that I can bring out that aesthetically pleasing zhuzh. And that's what I was able to do this time. No stylist, no none. No, no. I feel like I know my body best and I know, I feel like I follow enough things and I know enough things to know what will work for me. But let me tell you, I'm talking, I'm doing lots of talking. Basically, I saw the dress on Sierra and anybody who knows me well enough knows how much like I fucking love Sierra. And of course, she's like half my size, really. But her statuesque physique means that if something bangs on her, there's a high likelihood that it will bang on me. 
And so I saw her in the dress um, And I was just like Oh, that's a bit of me That's a bit of me um, Yeah, you know So I, I I don't have any fancy reason for telling you I, what, I, don't, I don't, I haven't attended any fashion weeks or nothing It's just like, I saw it on Sierra I said, I mean that And, you know, sorted it out uh, But I absolutely loved wearing it I had to get it altered a bit on the back because, you know, I feel like through pregnancy and just generally the because I bodybuild, basically, my back is wider than like the average person that's meant to wear them dresses. Uh, although that is another, I guess, um, critique and observation about white supremacist society and how it bases everything on skinny white women. Um, don't get me started on jeans. This is why most times I don't wear jeans because the ratio that you're working with, yeah, sometimes these girls have larger calves than their thighs. I don't know physiologically how, but that I see it a lot, especially with like dancers and stuff. They have it. But more time, their thighs are mad skinny and their legs are like slim as well. So when you design the trousers, you just design it for somebody that's just going to be straight up and down. No curves, no skirt, no nothing. It's long, it's long And it can really play with somebody's Like vision, like Perception of themselves When you go to places that you're meant to buy things And you just, it doesn't work Anyway, I say all of that to say that They put one useless popper At the back of that dress So even if I went, uh, just a little bit just uh, If I went to sneeze, the popper would just pop off So I knew that I had to go and get a hook and eye Put in place so it just stayed because the dress fit me perfectly. It was just that popper bit that was just a bit mad because I guess you're expecting somebody to just be a little bit smaller on the back um, and around the shoulders. But I'm not. I'm basically, you know, a Marvel supervillain. So I'm I'm set good, isn't it? It is what it is. Work with me. So no, I really enjoyed working there. I really enjoyed the process of like getting it and, you know, finding like what would work with it, shoe-wise, bag-wise, like hair-wise, makeup-wise. Big up Mata Marielle. I love you so much. Like, oh, just the makeup experience with Mata is just different. Like, because when you really deep it, like she... You're putting makeup on somebody's skin Yeah, I don't feel I feel like a lot of makeup artists Like, they will just put the product on your skin They'll put the makeup on your skin and bounce Matter really, really preps your skin So by the time the makeup is on It's just like it just sits on it It's almost like it's just beautifully Just hovering on your skin So then when I went to wash it off later Like butter, baby Just came off But it was set It was set perfectly I don't know the alchemy Or how that works I don't know the makeup world like that but you know yo that was an experience like oh it was it was beautiful she was like oh if I had longer I would have done she's got a really husky voice I love it she's like I would have done more but you know and then she had to go and do Thames um Thames's makeup in Camden straight after mine so I was like not not you touching the baby girl Thames and and me like oh the energy is just really energying so I love that for me. I loved being at the premiere, being able to wear that because I think like a, in certain regards as well, let's take a moment to big up Sadiq. I don't, he's not on the show at the moment because he just thinks he's too nice, but we have to really take a moment to big up Sadiq because when I told him that I was invited to the UK premiere um, of Nope uh, by Universal, um, I said, oh, so it's going to be red carpet, although their carpet was blue to match with the film. 
I said, oh, it's going to be a red carpet. So maybe I should do a gown situation. And he was like, don't you fucking dare. Don't you dare do a gown. I was like, why? He was like, no, because this, this isn't the time for me. I need you to show out. Get those legs out. Show out. And I was like, well, mm, I don't know. And he really had to gas me up. But this is why it's so important having his son, because he's a Pisces son, in my 12th house. Because he really does make me think about the things that maybe I don't see or makes me see the things that I don't focus on. And, you know, I feel like I've been so um, deeply ingrained in this... um, kind of deeply invested in this spiritual journey that I've been on that. Yeah. I literally said the other day in it, like, um, I feel like I've got a quota of five days that I can look cute in this year. And, you know, I use one here, use one there, use one there. So I was just like, mm, you know, I, I know I look nice. Of course I know I look nice, but I don't know if I can b- bring out the big guns anymore. I don't feel like I've brought out the big guns for a while. And he was like, you better. And it was a new moon in Leo. It was literally the perfect time. And on the same day, I was in Telegraph, uh, the women's sport monthly supplement that's in the Daily Telegraph was in that on the same day, the first full um, issue uh, by Kenya Hunt for Elle Magazine UK. Um, There's a picture of me there with something I did with Linda Blacker, the muses shoot that was in there. And I love that they credited me as actor. I think they said actor, podcaster and tarot reader. I just thought, yeah, that's the first time I've actually been acknowledged as a tarot reader out in these streets. And I feel like there are some tarot readers who like, I respect everybody in it. Like may, like some, I think the thing about tarot reading is like, not our energies are not always going to vibe. But I know that there are tarot readers that don't really rate me for my skill. But the thing is, what I'm able to do goes beyond just holding these cards in it, you know. And I thank God for my heritage. I thank God for my spiritual practice and how really robust and sturdy I've had to be in my heart, in my left breast, to be able to kind of like go through the learnings and the unlearnings and the, and the things that I've had to do to kind of really, really commit myself to this path and and do the best for myself and the people around me. So it it just something that struck me the other day. And I was just like, I don't think you rate me, but don't worry because spirit rates me, like the ancestors rate me. And, you know, I, I sometimes pick up that energy from people. So it was just really nice to kind of see that and be like, you know what? That is a sign, especially because I saw they wrote that. They didn't run it by me or nothing. That they wrote that, and I saw that on the new moon in Leo, kind of making it clear because the, that that would be my fifth house, like whether of children, of the things that you create, your passions, your sensuality, all of that is there. And I and the same way in 2016, I didn't consider myself really to be a writer. Cut to 2022, and I'm out here. Um, it's what by seeing that I felt like it was like a green light from spirit that and you're going to step into this and you're going to step into it properly. Who knows how that will man- manifest? But I feel like I have been kind of not cowering, but really kind of nesting. I, I don't know. In that thing of like, oh, well, they weren't really the ancestors won't really let me get cute and spend all of that time, you know, doing cute things. But I feel like it has eased up on me and I feel like however long it eases up on me for, I can, I can just serve a couple of looks, just two, two looks, you know? Um, cause I enjoy it. I love like dressing up. Do you know when I was younger, I say like 21, like, yeah, between like 18 and like 24, 
I would spend more time getting ready than I would actually spend at the club because I didn't really care for the club. I cared about getting ready. I loved the process of like getting ready and just looking nice um, and, you know, going from there. So, um, and then I'd get to the club and I'd be like, "Eh, well, I've had enough. I don't want to do this no more. I'm ready to go. Um, So yeah, I just like being able to get cute and go to places and I'm glad that my dress went down well thank you to Lewis um for going with me uh we had the best time he's such a darling um yeah I just felt like I'd share that anyway I've talked enough about what I've been up to um yeah let's get into the tarot I think let's start there I said I wanted to be out of here earlier And then I spent 15 minutes telling you about my yellow dress That slit up, slit up at the back Oh, and actually people asked me Well, there were some people that were commenting And they were like, are you wearing any knickers under that? Yes, yes, do your research Do your research You can find like strapless knickers That's literally what I had to do I found these cabaret style knickers that I like They're kind of like a a cup or a wire And they kind of, it's like a little U-shape And you just slide it And then then the thin bit sits right in between your bum crack And then the front bit just covers your your nunny And it stays intact, it stays in place Um, Unless your ass cheeks are loose But I doubt it Anyway, um, yeah, it stayed in place and it was just fine By ass cheeks loose, I don't mean your actual hole I mean like just if you can't clench your cheeks But I didn't have to actively clench my cheeks I don't have to doing the squats that I do and the thrust. But no, generally speaking, you wouldn't have to even if you didn't do all of those things. So you just nicely sit in between your bum crack and cover your front at the same time. And then you can just wear whatever you want. That slit up, slit up. So yeah, do your research. Okay, now really seriously, time for the tarot. So which letter did I choose? So many letters. I love them all. Um, I haven't read them all, but I mean, I love that you send them in. Okay, here we go. Hello Kalechi, I hope you are well I emailed you this question last week But I missed out some key things So ignore the first email in this thread Before you begin reading my question I'm offering a content warning Of body image issues and fat phobia I know body image is a sensitive issue For many people And so Kalechi, don't read on If you don't feel in a place to do so I don't think we, listeners, should assume you're always in a place to absorb trauma. Anyway, on to the question. I love that you say that. I'm going to pause there. I really love that you say that um, and you're so considerate. And this is what I mean about people genuinely caring for me and caring for my mental and emotional space. Because there is a hatred that I feel when people use my personal channels to send me things for work that they emotional labor that they want me to do for other people it happens so often I'll open my dms or whatever or I'll get texts or whatever and people be like oh Kalechi when are you going to speak on this can you do this no like there's an email address that I say all of the time sym at kalechiokafor.com that is the email address because you don't know what kind of fucking day I'm having and then you just send me shit and be like oh you can no I can't fucking do it People who aren't like, you're not, what are you doing to make sure that I'm in a mental space to be able to do anything or a great emotional space to be able to do anything? When has people, when have you people actually like sat down and gone, no, genuinely, how are you? Is there anything I can do to make your life easier right now? Like, how are you coping with things? Are you all right? Whatever. No, it's like, do this, do, no, no. We're not rolling with that anymore. So thank you to the people who respect my boundaries and actually send their emails in to sym at kalechiokafor.com. Anyway, for context, I am a Libra sun. Boop, boop. 
Virgo rising, Guan, and Capricorn moon. Oh, you serious? For most of my life, I've had an unhealthy relationship with my body, food, and the quest for a flat stomach. Over the last year, I have gained weight around my midsection, and ever since, I have been trying and failing to lose it. I have always been a fitness girl and enjoy working out, but have also always engaged in disordered eating and exercise of some sort. At the beginning of May 2022, I hit a real low. While trying to pursue fat loss, the restriction resulted in me binging once a week or every other week. These binges left me with depressive and anxious feelings for days at a time, making it hard to go about my daily life. I just could not break the cycle. One day in May, I was in so much despair, I realized this can't go on. I decided that for at least a year, I needed to heal my relationship with my body and food and give up the pursuit for the body I want. I'm challenging myself to a year of unrestricted eating and a year of not trying to lose fat. This is bloody terrifying because in the process, I may gain more weight around my stomach, which feels counterproductive to my body desires. I know my quest for a flat stomach lies in fat phobia, anti-blackness, etc. I've done lots of reading and intellectually, I know nobody holds more, nobody holds more value. But when, let's face it, reading doesn't um, always translate into your own life. Over the past two months, I've been on this journey. I've been so, uh, I've seen so much improvement. I'm so proud of myself, but that does not mean it's easy. Despite beginning to heal, I still don't like how my body looks. I look in the mirror and my face doesn't feel like my own because it's become rounder, etc. For me, healing my relationship with food is proving easier than my relationship with my body. The mental turmoil I feel over my body results in feelings of depression frequently and it's fucking exhausting. I often have an overwhelming sense of shame over my fat gain because white supremacist patriarchal society teaches that you have done something wrong if you don't have a flat stomach. The feelings of shame are heightened by the feeling of um, people around me watching my body change in their minds change in a bad way. I don't want them to see the weight I've gained around my stomach because then people know I failed. As a woman and someone of black heritage, I've always felt that my body is under surveillance from the outside world. This is partly why I don't feel comfortable talking about this with those around me, because while my friends and family are great in most ways, they have not begun to unpack their fat phobia. And so I don't want them to hurt me. Um, alas, if I admit that I'm struggling, I have I have to admit I failed, but I'm not talking to anyone about my feelings is very isolating. I've realized that the mentality I've had for um, had while on my healing journey is one um, is one of uh, that I have put my um, put up with this body while I heal. I had made a commitment not to pursue fat loss, but not a commitment to accept my current body. Deep down, I believe I'll be truly happy when I have the body I desire. That's not real healing because as soon as my body changes in any way I don't want, all my issues will come flooding back. Obviously, a lot of these issues also stem from my inner child. As a mixed race child of black and white heritage, growing up in a very white area, I was never made to feel beautiful or openly desired by my peers. I believe that people probably did fancy me, but due to anti-blackness could not admit, um, admit it to themselves. As a child, I looked at myself and I was like, damn, I'm cute. So I felt confused that no one else seemed to think that. Society teaches you that your body is your key to being desired. So I believed that if I had the body that white society praises, it would make me just that bit more desirable. Your body and appearance is social currency. And so as my body changes, 
I think part of me is scared of losing the social currency. Uh, unfortunately, I'm unable to go to therapy at this moment in time, but I'm seeking guidance to have the strength to keep going, despite a large part of me just wanting to focus on getting that flat stomach. How do I accept this body? I'm t- so tired of having depressed feelings tied to my body. I also wonder if it's okay to pursue the body I want once I've properly healed, despite the reasons I want to look a certain way. Um, Despite the reason that I want to look a certain way, it's ultimately due to society's praise and obsession with the certain types of bodies. Because let's be real, if the body that was praised in the media was the one I have now, I'd be happy and not feel I had to change much. Thank you for your time and wisdom, Kelechi. Love from a baby girl. Thank you, baby girl, for sending that through. I think it's so beautiful and brave of you to send that message because it requires a lot of honesty. It uh, requires a lot of... um, introspection and I have to like I would put you in my share your magnificence if I could because I feel like you're a fucking don like you're you're an actual g for writing that because you're literally not alone let's pull some cards before I start talking because I have a tendency to be like and now my perspective but it is my podcast but no let's pull some cards spirit what do we do here oh it just flew out oh nice Okay, nice. Okay. Just getting an extra. Oh, just getting an extra card. Okay. All right, let's start with this then. What's at the bottom? Okay, four or five of wands in reverse is at the bottom of the deck. First card that came out is the nine of pentacles. Then we've got the five of pentacles. Then we've got the nine of wands. And then we've got the five of cups in reverse. Like in this moment, spirit wants you to know just how much value you mentioned social currency. But at the same time, you have to think beyond social currency. What is what you know, what is your value? What is your true worth? Your true worth is not just tied to your body you said that you're a virgo rising so that's um virgo's your first house so that's um an earth sign energy so there will i feel like there will always be this kind of um and then you're a capricorn moon which is earth again so there i feel like there is this energy um plus the libra sun that you will care how you look and you will care how you, you look in terms of your interaction with literally earth everybody else and that virgo um energy um influence coming through will have you feeling like um I mean I don't know if you've got any planets in there um or you know yeah any planetary placements in there but there is this vibe of like always wanting to attain the thing I don't know what you look like and actually that doesn't fucking matter but what I'm saying is like is how you're perceiving yourself how you're perceiving yourself is the thing. And you already know that you already know that this is down to how you're perceiving things, how you're perceiving you and you're doing well by building that relationship with yourself and having that conversation with yourself. But the nine of pentacles coming out first in this image, she's got like um, almost reddish Afro and she's holding a hummingbird, not you going to Jamaica. Um, and there is there are grapes around her, beautiful, because it says that you're going to age like fine wine, baby. And then we've got the nine of pentacles here and her beautiful yellow dress, low cut. You're, there's so much, there's so much that's going to change as you get older. And you don't want to keep doing basketball with yourself right now. 
is what this is saying. Nine of Pentacles is a big mood. It's a big flex. Like, this is one of your challenges. You know, this is one of your challenges in this life. We have like different challenges, this different assignments. This is merely one of them. And you're so clearly intelligent and so clearly introspective and kind and just lovely that I know that you can ace this assignment. And it's a lifelong one, but I know that you can keep acing each module that you can keep acing each module because we're talking about failure. You haven't failed. You haven't failed. There are so many factors that are out of our control when it concerns our bodies. And that's one of the things that makes me so angry about this white supremacist patriarchal society. Like I was saying earlier about Zara can really fuck up your day, you know, not even just Zara. Like you can go into any of these shops and it can absolutely fuck up your day. Because you'll go and pick up something You'll try and put it on It says, I don't know Because I mainly get Excel now I don't even try and look at anything smaller Like I, I I pick up Excel standard And I remember that shift from like Getting like a medium And then I was getting a bit older Gotten a large Then after pregnancy After having left Boom Extra large And I'm looking at myself going But I don't get it And then you'll go to a shop and you'll even see that extra large. You'll now go and try and put it on. Come and see battle. Come and see battle of Waterloo in the changing room. Flinging yourself around the changing room for this one piece of something that doesn't take your personal proportions into account. This is the thing. Like, you've got a body and you're trying to fit your body into the very limiting, very archaic, antiquated white supremacist molds that have been created around us like you've already clocked it you've already deeped it like you know that so we're like spirits like you're a nine of pentacles babe you're a sweet ting you're a sweet one five of pentacles feeling like you're lacking so you're nine but you're seeing yourself as a i mean not you're you're a 10 do you get what i mean but i'm saying like here on the on this deck of cards you're a nine of pentacles, babe, which is that true fulfillment from having worked for the things that you have. That's why she's surrounded. And the fact that pentacles came out again, earth, earth sign energy is what we're dealing with here. So I'm really picking up on your vibe right now. Um, and so that's why this is here because you're so rich. You're so rich. You're so abundant with, with just greatness and beauty. It's getting refracted by the fuckery that's happening around you. That's why we've got the five of pentacles. And then in the five of pentacles, if I describe it, because I'm using the Afro goddess, um, what is it called? The Afro goddess, uh, Arc- what, the Afro goddess tarot arcanas. I'm always fumbling that name. On this deck, five of pentacles, she's wearing a black dress. She's got her, her back to us. And then there's a gate and then on her side of the gate, the tree has no leaves, no nothing. On the other side of the gate, it's like five of pentacles and um, it's like lush leaves and that. And she's pointing because she wants what's on that side, but there's a gate. And then this is here because this is your mind state. I feel like this is what spirit is speaking to, that this is your mind state that, oh, I need to be on the other side of that gate because when I get to the other side of that gate, that's when I'm going to feel better about myself. But as you've rightly pointed out, our bodies are always changing. Literally, we're regenerating that we're getting new cells every so often. So this body now is a completely different, literally a completely different body to the body that you had like 10 years ago, five years ago. It's literally a completely different body because the cells have completely changed, yet you're holding yourself to the standards of like of a particular combination of cells that actually literally no longer exist. You've got to take in the factors. Babe, a panoramic. 
a panda bear. There, and apart from that, just apart from the societal things that in, impacting us as individuals, we've also got our interpersonal relationships as well. Like there are so many things and then genetics come into play as well. Like there is so much like the, I understand these, I don't understand these human genome projects and things that people are doing. But when you see like the intricacy and the complexities of our DNA, you understand just how little we have control of, but that doesn't mean that that what I'm saying is going to make you feel any better. That's why spirit is put here. The nine of wands, you've got to guard yourself against yourself because these thoughts might seem like they're coming from you, but they are not of you. They're not, these thoughts are not of you. Like, like you say, if, if the societal like thing vibe and remember aesthetics and what's um considered uh, attractive is always changing we're currently even seeing the change from bbl aesthetic we're now going to more um you know the kind of athletic very very slim girl um abs aesthetic so it might even feel like that feels more challenging as well because that's going to start getting pushed over the next year or two that's going to start getting pushed as well but the the nine of wands is here saying that even without therapy there has to be things that you do i i would love for you right i don't know what money's saying but even if money's not saying a lot like holler at me i would be happy to pay for you to do a photo shoot i know that it sounds trivial but it's about us reframing what it is that you see however comfortable you feel if you can find somebody that will do like a semi-nude shoot, a kind of nude shoot with you, it would really help. Why do I say that to you? What the fuck do you think I was doing with that AJ Hamilton shoot with the Tog father? What do you think that was? Because I, you wrote the letter in and I was just like, mm, not you being in my diary. You need to get the hell out immediately. I resonate with it so much because as somebody, and we've got the five of cups in reverse here, like Spirit's really saying, and it's the same black dress as the kind of the five of pentacles as well. So it's like, she's gotten on the, she's, oh, thank you, spirit. She's gotten on the other side of the gate because she's pointing at the pentacles and like, when I have that, my, everything will feel complete and I now will be of value only for her to get onto the other side of the gate because when I'm seeing a tree in distance and she's still not fulfilled and that tree is the tree of life and she's even further away from it and she's just looking at these spilled cups because she's put all of her time into trying to get that thing and constantly her back is to us so it's a private ordeal it's a private anguish and you're just not alone and I need you I need you I need you to know that you're not alone there are people who genetically naturally they look that way right and society loves that fine then there are other people who do a lot they put themselves in mad caloric uh, uh deficits and all of that stuff like their breath is honking they are starving all of the time like like they are so hungry so so hungry but for again for the sake of abs for the sake of this that they're putting themselves through all of that just so they can show something that actually doesn't have much use in terms of the rectus abdominis, it doesn't have, of course it has use in terms of our bodies, but you you really, if we're talking about things that we care about, it would be the transverse abdominal muscles, but okay, fine. Um, why am I saying all of this to you? Because I feel like there is a science that's happening. And then there's also just the real life element of things that are happening. You're not alone in having to um, accept a changing body. And I feel like there's only so much that one can do without dedicating all of their time and becoming obsessive 
um, over it. There's only so much that somebody can do. And there comes a point where it's just like, I need to focus on health and yeah, two, two pieces of cuteness here, like fine, but this cannot be my whole life because that's just long. And it's something that I had to reframe for myself and, com- and I'm constantly reframing for myself. And that's why I love doing the shoot with the Tog Father because it was about me seeing myself as my highest self, like beyond just body, there is, there's, there's so much to me, but at the same time, body is important because we're using this body to navigate this society. And I want to feel at home in my body, you know? And I think it is important. That's why the nine of wands is here as well in terms of boundaries, not just the boundaries about the things that we're thinking, but also the people that we have around us. I think that what you're doing in terms of your year of just letting yourself be, that is so important and that is so liberating and spirits celebrating you for that. And that's why you've got the nine of pentacles. Like you're being celebrated for being brave enough to be like, I'm going to do that and I'm just going to see how it feels because and also I would recommend that you find out your design your human design type I know I go on, go on about this all of the time but just see because um if you use that uh, I've forgotten the name of the site but it's like the site that I use is like human design x or something like that when you pay for your profile thing it will even talk to you about food and how your um how your your human design type relates to food. And I would say explore that because there's probably something there that can kind of unlock something for you. Um, I know that my PA Vanessa, her one requires her to kind of eat based on smelling food, not just kind of like, oh, um, she, she can't, she can't engage her mind in the thing. She has to just smell it. And from the smell, she'll be able to work out whether it's for her or not. So I think you have to find out what is for you. But I was going to say about the boundaries, it's also important the people that you allow to be around yourself or, or to be around you, because again, that can impact. And it's so hard. Um, I'm speaking from like being from a Nigerian household. My mum would just say like the most flippant things while I was pregnant with Lev, like, ha, ah, Kelechi, look at this. You're you are almost as big as a house. And you know that what is triggering is your own internalized fat phobia because it's just like, and it shows you the things that you need to work on. But at the same time, it's that. And it's also the fact that you know that this is being said in a way that it's not complimentary. Do you get me? They're not, if you were in an environment where as you got bigger, people were like, oh my God, not you coming through hot, sexy, not even necessarily in a way of sexualizing you, but just like praising you, celebrating you, all of that stuff. It's because we have, as you say, we we exist in a fat phobic society. So you know the moment that somebody's like, oh, you've gotten bigger. Oh, look at you putting on weight. That That is a, it almost feels like a character assassination or like a, a judgment call on you that you, like you say that, oh, I failed in some way because I'm not physically living up to people's expectations. Um, and while there might be things that we might want to tweak in terms of um, habitual things, how we go about things that might impact um, how we appear physically, at the same time, I'm just like, Omar, I can't come and kill myself. Like health is the goal. Strength for me is the goal. Flexibility is the goal. I'm saying all of those things to you because I had to shift the narrative away from, oh, I don't have abs like I used to, or my back has gotten wider, or now I've got stretch marks and I've got this little like pouch at the lower on my lower abs and stuff. Um, Luckily, you know, I'm saying luckily, but you know, like 
I, I go and I find things that still look nice, I feel, but I'm, I'm finding that I'm choosing more high-waisted things. I don't know if I would feel comfortable enough. And that's just me being perfectly like honest with everybody. I don't know if I'm going to, at any point, I'd be um, posting a bikini shot like before, like before I had Lev, where I'd wear like the proper tiny bikinis because I just don't feel like that's something I would do right now because I don't feel like I find that how my body would look in that attractive. And again, those are things that I am working through and I feel like I will get there. I will get somewhere where I'm just like, you know what, this is cool and this is cute and this works. So even like the dress I wore for the premiere, like I chose it in a manner that it worked with the things that I felt could be accentuated while, um, kind of, uh, covering the things that I wouldn't want um accentuated and things change daily hormones and things like that one day you'll you retain this amount of water this that like child it is a lot it is a lot but you have to be careful around about the people that you are around I had to literally say to my mum don't say that to me don't like I don't um because I knew how it was impacting me, not just because of the words, but it was, I felt what was behind the words. And yeah, it was, it was just a lot. And I, even in terms of guys now, like I'm very careful about the kind of men that I allow to be around me um, frequently, because I think that they play a role too. Um, You know, like there are some who, for I've said before, that they can obsess over like light skin, women or they'll be obsessing over like a specific body type or whatever and so in their presence whether it's platonic or otherwise mainly I think even in the platonic situations because you get to really see how they behave they almost make you feel like one kind of gargoyle next to them and their eyes always skittering everywhere everywhere and you're just like are you all right so you it's also about being careful about being around those kind of people because it can really affect you and I actually like that. I mean, I'm, I don't know what your circumstances are as to why you can't get therapy, but I actually think that maybe it's okay to not um, necessarily have it right now if it's not for you or if you, um, you know, if like uh, financial situations mean that you can't have it because this is probably, this part is about your thing and how you are your own hero in this in this particular part of the story. I mean, you're always the, you know, hero in your story, but in this part of the story, like, you definitely are the one that saves yourself. Only you can bring yourself to that place of like, oh, I'm just going to have to work with this. I'm just going to have to work with this because not everything that a therapist necessarily says to you will wash. Like there's been times where my therapist has said something and I've been like, no, no, that won't work for me because they're humans too and yeah they've done a lot of learning and and all of that stuff and they've got a lot of experience but you're not experienced at me or in me like I know myself and so I'm so I don't I don't take anybody's word as gospel I don't I don't even take the gospel as gospel I don't take anybody's word as as gospel I'm there in the therapy session to um you know bounce um ideas and thoughts and and get another perspective and maybe have things um, highlighted to me that I wouldn't have considered otherwise, but nobody's going to tell me who I am and what I should do, you know? Um, So I've had times when I've been like, no, no, that's not, no, that's not correct for me. 
And and I think that that's important. You have to know yourself enough to to know. You know, they say like take what works for you and leave the rest. That's literally what you have to do. Um, and even with this conversation, take what works for you and leave the rest. You know. Um, so all I will say is that there's no out and out advice other than you're not alone. I think that that's one of the most important things for you to know. Like I am with you hundred percent on how, how you build a relationship with your ever changing body in this society that makes you feel like if you're not a particular way, then you ain't shit. Just reminding yourself of your own, you like your own beauty, your own divinity, tapping into your sensuality and your sexuality, which is another thing that I would say, like building a sensual relationship with yourself, whether that might be through movement or that might be through, um, you know, other means. I don't, it might sound really random, but even self-pleasure, just thinking about other things that you can do um, that focuses on sensuality and allows you to inhabit your body um, in a more intimate way, in, in a way that feels comforting is definitely something I would suggest and also like you're already doing keeping a distance from people who are just going to talk shit and regardless of how cognitively you know that what they're saying is some bullshit it doesn't like stop it hurting that and if you wanted to do anything I would say choose a new goal like abs can't be the goal cannot so my focus currently is on strength um stamina and flexibility. So when you see me doing things at the gym, it's usually focused around uh, like strength, stamina and flexibility. That is what I've been um, giving myself to do because don't get it twisted. Like sometimes I'll go to make a video of something that's cute that I've done or that I'm doing at the gym and I'll be like, oh, look at that angle. Look at that. Look at this. Look at that. And I had to kind of do that self-talk and be like, baby, focus, focus. You know, it's not easy. Call easy. It's not easy. So you're not, so just remember that that you are not alone in this. There's nothing to be ashamed of because you know I'm proud of the fact that you recognize what's happening. You recognize the dynamic that you are um, trying to navigate, and I know that you're going to come out of this um, victorious. You're going to come out of this because that's why you've got the nine of pentacles. You're not even necessarily going to come out of this. You're going to go through this into another stage of being and of living where you'll be very, very proud of yourself because you chose yourself and every day you have to choose yourself. That's my thing. Every single day I have to choose myself. If I find one wayward outfit I try on that doesn't fit, instead of going, oh my God, Kalechi, look at the state of you. It's like, no, I've got to choose myself. It is what it is, baby. We keep it moving. You'll find something else that fits you better. You know, every single moment you've got to choose yourself because them thoughts can just spiral. I know firsthand they can spiral. You've just got to, you know, hang in there. And I hope that helps. I, I hope that helps. And I'm sending you all of the love. Um, anyway, I will, funny, I've mentioned therapy, but I'll pick up the, uh, the this week's show sponsors who are better help and we'll jump in to share your magnificence. This podcast is sponsored by better help. How much would you think about and care about taking care of your car if it was the only car that you were going to have for your entire life? Well, that's the same for our brains, unless you get a brain transplant. But anyway, that's not the point of this. So why don't you treat your brain in the same way that you'd consider treating a car if you had to have that one car 
all of the time Like you'd want to service it You'd want to make sure that it was like You know well looked after Basically how we care for our minds Affects how we experience life So it's important to invest time and care Into keeping them healthy There are plenty of ways to support a healthy brain Like learning a new language Or taking power naps There's also better help online therapy I've had um, As I mentioned in the tarot I've had um, an extensive experience with therapy generally and one of the best things to come out of therapy for me was to know my own mind and you know if I'm going to be saying my mind it's a good idea to actually know the mind right um to know my own mind so even when I'm receiving suggestions whether it's from other you know friends family whatever or even the therapist I know myself enough to know whether that is for me or whether that's not for me at this time and being able to stand in that truth and advocate for myself so that's why I recommend therapy because it helps you to kind of train those parts of yourself and build it up um so yeah better help is online therapy that offers video phone and even live chat only therapy sessions so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to it's much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours say your mind listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash your mind that's better help.com slash your mind so if you want to if you feel like it you want to check it out you're thinking maybe i would like to speak to somebody please use the link and check it out anyway let's get to share your magnificence so my share your magnificence this week goes out to toby amosan who is a hundred meter hurdler um just a baby girl all round i love that um it says here oluwa toby lola oh that's a beautiful name um, Ayomide Toby Amusan is a Nigerian track and field athlete who specializes in the 100 meters hurdles and is, um, also competes as a sprinter. 1997. Wow. Born in Ijebo, Oh, she's small. 1.56 meters. That's so cute. I love it. Them legs must really, really stretch. Anyway. She became the first Nigerian world champion in an athletics event when she won the 2022 World Athletics Championships for the 100 meters hurdles. She got the gold medal and she, and she set a new world record of 12 12 seconds in the semi-final um, final followed up by 1206 seconds record in the final to take the gold medal. Um she was the 2018 Commonwealth champion in the 100 meter hurdles. And she's also the reigning African champion in the event, winning back-to-back gold medals at the 2018 and 2022 African Championships in Athletics. And is also a two-time African Games champion in the event. She won the Diamond League trophy in Zurich in 2021 in the 100-meter hurdles, becoming the first Nigerian to do so, also breaking the then-African record held by Glory Alozi in the process. Oh, Toby, she's wearing purple lipstick here. That's... That's interesting. Well, that's a picture from 2019. But, you know, wear, wear your purple lipstick. I, I love it for you. Um, this is wonderful. Up Nigeria. Boop, 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 boop. Nigeria, no, they take what? No, they take last. Rah. I'm just, I love that. I absolutely love that. So two slaps in your chest, Toby. That's amazing. Like, wow. 12.06 seconds. 12.06 seconds she got over hurdles that are 100 meters you know like there are hurdles over you, you get what I mean there are 100 meters right and they put hurdles in between the starting line and that 100 meter finish line 
And she jumped, she leapt over each one Like a beautiful gazelle She leapt over each one Wow In 12.06 seconds I don't know what I'm able to do in 12.06 seconds But let me tell you It's definitely not getting over them hurdles, baby Because after the first one Teeth would have been on the track All right, Teeth would have left my mouth And been on that track So I am just elated that look at us Nigerians being the champions that we need to be out of um you know extra extra um legal activities we are here doing legal things and being wonderful at it so big up I mean obviously we do lots of wonderful legal things so don't come with your nonsense but I'm just really I just feel like that's absolutely wonderful I'm just reading an interview with her dad here and it says um somebody Asked him, how would you describe watching your daughter Toby break the world record in the 100 meter hurdles event last Sunday in Oregon, United States? He said, I felt so much pride watching her coast to victory. You know, as a parent, when you see your child succeeding, it makes you delighted given the hard work and efforts put into raising them. I believe it was just the mercy of God because as a parent, when you have a child who succeeds, you will give all the glory back to God. We are so overwhelmed and we want to thank everyone both here and abroad that supported her in attaining this great feat. How did you celebrate her success? I celebrated her victory in my own little way. You know how Nigerians are. So many family, friends and neighbours came round and um, that early morning to join us in the celebration. We prayed, sang and gave all the glory to Almighty God. Our well-wishers also came round to share our joy. What was going through your mind before, during, before and during the final race? As a family, we were following her races, including when she initially set a new African record for of 12.40 seconds. Many of our neighbours also followed the race and kept discussing it with me when we spoke on the phone. They believed she would win a, a medal, but not many people thought she, would, could, she could win gold, let alone shatter the existing record. In a final, I just kept my focus on the race. As a family, we continued praying for her. And when she won, I was so happy. My joy knew no bounds. He's such a Nigerian dad, my God. Um, Before now, a number of Nigerian parents weren't uh, disposed to supporting their kids going into sports. Did you and your wife stop Toby from sports? In the beginning, I didn't really support her. And there it is. I knew, uh because Niger dads, one thing they're going to do is not support your dreams if it's not law or medicine, okay? Or accounting. In the beginning, I didn't really support her. Though her mother took to sports during um, her school days, she was an athlete as well. Guan mum, while I'm a football lover. Okay, okay, sir. I played football, but I think that she took after the interest we had in sports, particularly um, athletics, due to her mother's interest. Guan mummy. You know, parents will always want their child, uh, their children to stay focused on education because of the manner in which sports are administered in Nigeria. Fair enough, because the facilities aren't there. The funding is not there. Fuck you, Bahari. Uh, with that in mind, we initially didn't support her because we believe someone who was good in the sciences should become either a doctor or a nurse. I said it and not a sports person. Oh Lord. But along the line, when people, when some people saw that she had talent, they took interest in her. In the end, we supported her. And as God would have it, when she, when we saw that she had the talent as given to her by God, we decided to leave it all to God. And now here is the success story. She recalled an interview that at the start of her career, you burnt her sports gear in a bid to discourage her from sports. Why did you do that? Nah, your dad is, nah, this dad is, this father is bad vibes. I'm so, no. No, you're giving all glory to God Uncle, give the glory to the baby girl, Toby 
Oluwatobilola, like she really had to embody how big God is in this life and, and the success that God can bring because you were an op. Imagine your parent being an op. Jesus of Ajegule. Jesus, look at you being an op. Uncle, are you not tired? Burning sports. Oh God. That's what I'm trying to tell you. When I said I wanted her to face her education, it was because we knew that what sports in Nigeria was at the time. And we didn't know what she could, would gain from being an athlete because you don't know God's plan. Okay. God's plan. Um, or going after games instead of her facing her education at that point, I didn't know she was, she had been going for training because each time I asked her mother about her whereabouts, her response was always, I'm sorry. I ought to have told you she left for church. And at that time she was part of the choir. I love the I love the deception because the dad is an op. So I decided to, um, subsequently I was, when I was not too convinced, I decided to monitor her. And interestingly, I found that she used to go to the stadium for training. And I said, no, that is not my plan for you. You're not God. Nobody asked for your plan. I wanted her to be focused on education. You can't do two things at the same time. It's either you focus on education or you focus on sports. But as a father, I didn't want her to go into sports. I told her, focus on what you said you wanted to study, which is medicine. No, you said she wanted to study medicine. At the end of it, When I got to know that she was more interested in sports than what I wanted her to do, I took two of her training kits and burnt them. Wow. I wanted to discourage her from going into sports. She screamed, hi, daddy, you burnt my clothes. And I told her I wanted her to be focused on what I wanted her to be. But when people came and intervened that I should allow her to continue focusing on her God-given talent, I said, no problem. Since then, I gave her all the support I could, sure, and even encouraged her to go for training. Sincerely, it was a hard, it was hard to take that decision at that time, but that was how it all started. As a teacher with a meager salary, we struggled to feed and pay school fees. Fair enough. It was not easy. We usually gathered whatever we had to support her. Her mother did a lot for her. She should have been the one doing this interview, to be honest. Before I could help, her mother would have done it almost all the time. We did all we could to help her career in sports. While I was growing up, no one cheered me when I played football. Maybe you weren't good, um, but that's not the point. You should share children on all of the time. We saved our pocket money to buy our trainers and jerseys. We could only afford secondhand clothes back then. That was why I did not want her to go through the struggles of putting in all her efforts and not getting rewards for it. In truth, I told her to shun athletics because it was very tough taking care of the family then. So adding an extra burden made it more difficult. Um, and, you know, like he goes on to talk quite a bit about her, but I just feel like parents need to be so careful of this. Like your trauma is not your child's trauma. And I feel for him. I mean, I was being a bit mean when I said, oh, you know, maybe you weren't good at football. Maybe he was. But, you know, like when your dream is snuffed out when you're a child, the pain that that brings you. I don't know, maybe there's an element of jealousy when you see your child, your children doing the things that you didn't get to do. And at the same time, it might not necessarily be jealousy, but this overprotective instinct comes out of you where you're just like, oh, I don't want them to um, feel the way that I felt that time. But as parents, if you're doing your job right, like you just can be there as a support system. They're going to experience the things that they choose that they want to experience. Um, You can give them all the advice. You could do this, you could do that. But you have to allow space for that, but burning sports kits. And you said that there wasn't even any money and you're burning sports kits. You're not a serious guy. You're not a serious guy, honestly, but big up yourself, Tosin, for just being brilliant and congratulations on being a world champ. Love to see it. 
Um, so sorry, I said Chosin. I meant Chobi. Oluwa Chobi Lola. I said Chosin. You know what? Chosin's my sister's name, and I was thinking about her as I was recording. Um, but yeah, that's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful, Toby. Big up yourself. That's a wonderful, wonderful achievement. Um, so yeah, that's that for Shay or Magnificent. So you mad. Let's get into it. To is this another Nigerian? Is he Nigerian? Anyway, this guy, Solomon Bucci, he wrote on was it Facebook? He wrote, he was talking about his girlfriend here. We're in So You Mad now. So, you know, pop culture, random things that I see on Twitter, as well as current affairs, all of it here, where people don't deserve straws. They probably just deserve some time to think about their actions. And sometimes things are just really random. Um, He wrote here, Solomon wrote, you're not the most beautiful woman. Neither are you the most intelligent woman. But like I've chosen to never find perfection in anyone else, I put my gaze on you. And with that commitment, we would mold ourselves for ourselves. Our perfection is in our commitment. Stating that you're not the most beautiful slash intelligent might sound like it's not a compliment, yeah? But it's a realistic base for real love. Acknowledging that my woman isn't the best, but I'm not looking for the best. I was looking for you and I found you. There's no best. There is just someone you choose and see the best in them. This to me is the real love, not the one that consoles itself with the faux reality that their partner is the most good looking, most intelligent, most successful person in the world. That's disingenuous and doesn't give room for love, for love to thrive. I love you, Ayanfe. Um, Ayanfe. I think it's Ayanfe. Um, I'm committed to you. I miss you so much, but my love for you is stronger than distance. This long distance is killing me She's got beautiful locks Oh, she's so gorgeous She's so gorgeous And he's a rat Um, Men are mad Men are mad I said that to my therapist the other day She was like, um, can you hear yourself? I was like, of course I can hear myself I operate in this society And I observe it extremely well Patriarchy has met, let this guy let these guys run rampant I woo, have to just take everything with a pinch of salt and really know that you've got mental reinforcements because people will really, really try. People really try you in this life. What do you mean? How, what is this trend of men trying to like praise their partners, praise the women that they have as partners? And it's just negging. Like all I see is like negging, like you're just being negative and it's emotional abuse. And you think that it's cute. I call that shit out whenever I see it. Like having someone refer to me before, well, there was uh, many references and being like, oh, she's far from perfect. No, that comes out of the vocabulary immediately because there's nothing about me that's not up to par. Of course, perfection is a myth and nobody can attain perfection. But who the fuck does anybody think they are that they're going to place the judgment call on how I move through the world? None of you are on my level. So let's all behave ourselves because I've been out here. It's so easy to not be out here and to just be talking. Okay. So I will do as I please because the way that I've done it is the way that the ancestors have guided me to do it. And I have been thriving at it. Yeah. There is no, like, I feel like there's ways that people have done things and people are so deeply invested in patriarchy that they see somebody doing something different and it's just like, oh, 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 this isn't the way, but this way's working, right? So I'm going to do it this way. Thanks so much. And like, 
It's the constant negging in various forms. I see it often. I was even talking about it in my stories where I have, you know, I know guys who will be like, oh, you know, people are always surprised that I know you. And they're like, oh, she, isn't she like this? And isn't she like that? And, oh, I don't know if I, I like her and whatever. Why are you telling me? What the fuck do I have to do? What does that mean? Why do I care? What does that mean? And rarely is it. And I told him, don't ever fucking say that to me again because she's amazing. And she's da, 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 da. No. It's just, oh, they said that. And that's what, that's the end of the story. Wonderful. Brilliant. So I had to do, um, like I told the reader, um, reader that like I told the listener that wrote in, I have to, I've had to put emotional boundaries or literally literal barriers in place, cut down time that I spend with certain people, because I don't necessarily think that they're bad people, but I just know that their manner of behaving in certain regards is toxic to the equilibrium of my internal state. And I cannot have anybody messing with my kind of emotional homeostasis, my spiritual, mental homeostasis right now, because they're, they're bumbling, they're stumbling their way through life. But I've got to show them the grace as a black woman to open myself and just open myself wide for anyone to come and do bus boss with my self-esteem. No, you have these things in place for a reason, because how is this your partner? What is this plague? This is a pandemic. What is this plague? of men getting online, online to the whole world, because this is not the first one I've seen. You're getting online to the whole world to be like, oh, my partner isn't very cute, or I don't think she's very cute. Like, your partner's a spice. She's hot. She's sexy. Yeah, you've come to write that for what reason? And then now when we ask you to show us the particular person that you think will be nicer than this woman, all you'll be showing us is how toxic you are. They're the kind of people that will be like, oh, no matter how hot a woman is, don't worry. There's a man out there that's tired of her bullshit. There's always something to kind of depreciate um, women's, I guess, for want of a better term, value by making it out like, oh, no matter how good you think you are, you're not that great. I am diligently, diligently, diligently celebrating myself in every way that I can, in like small ways. I can't do like the big ways that I want to do. I really, really need to go on a holiday. I really need a holiday because I feel like I'm just on the brink of like, not necessarily burnout, but I get over, like I just feel overtaken sometimes by the strong urge to delete all my social media. I just, it's not a case of just not having it on my phone. I just, I want to delete things. I want to end things, not end things in my life, but I mean, just like end, you know, I just stop access to me, that sort of thing. And I feel like it's for these reasons because people will really come with their unchecked bullshit and then make it your problem and make it out like it's about you when really it's about them. You have to ask yourself why you went and settled with somebody because it is settling at this point if that's how you see it. Like, oh, she's not that beautiful. She's not this, she's that. Me personally, I don't, I wouldn't go, I wouldn't commit to or settle down with somebody that I didn't absolutely believe was a spice. Like, I I don't get that. Oh, it was her personality. But you've even now said that she's not the most intelligent. So you said she's clapped. You said she's not smart, but you're going to make do. Fuck you. Fuck you. And then I'm glad that somebody actually posted her picture and they were like, no, look at, look at, look at her and look at the guy that's talking. It's not even like he's necessarily clapped, clapped, but he's clearly got a nasty attitude. And I feel like this is what some men do. Um, I feel like this is what some men do um, as a way of 
breaking down, humbling the woman just enough, humbling her just enough. So she feels like, no, you know what? He's right. Let me be realistic. You know, you know, I'm not that beautiful. I'm not that intelligent. And because it's so dangerous the ways that words are convoluted, right? Because of course, when you care about someone, when you choose to commit to somebody, it is a choice. It is a decision. And while there might be numerous other people out there that you might be attracted to, that you might have great conversations with or whatever else the case may be, you've chosen this person. You've intentionally said that this is where I want to be. Because when you love someone, you just don't treat them bad. Oh, how I feel so sad now that I want to leave. She's crying her heart to me. How could you let this be? I just need time to see where I want to be, where I want. No, Janelle Jones, you fucking snapped. On that album, oh, it's a porter past. It's a porter? It's a porter past two? No, forget it. I, I did too much. That's when spirits like, Kletchy, you've done enough. Anyway. Like, you're doing too much. Like, he's he's clearly, this whole humbling thing, I feel like this is why I've had so much um, kind of tension online over the past few years, because it's clear that there are men who hate, whether they acknowledge it or not, they hate seeing confident women and they hate for those women to be conf- uh, like confident um, and, and uh, comfortable with themselves outside of the paradigms of what is deemed conventionally attractive. They hate it. Case in point, that cute yellow dress that I wore at the, um, at the Nope premiere, everybody's leaving wonderful comments, wonderful comments, wonderful comments. A black man, I think he's Nigerian, gets into the comments. Um, This is terrible dressing. (sighs) But he was wearing like a deep blue and red striped tie, diagonally striped. His face, God, that's all I can say. Just God. Like you're not cute. You're not cute. And why is it? You're, You're not cute. And then you're wearing that tie like you're one of them Serco security guards. And then you think that you could comment on my dressing? God is looking for you. And it's only because you need to get in that elevator to hell immediately. Don't play. What the fuck? Damn. Constantly, everywhere that you look, there is some kind of man out there, specifically when it pertains to black women, trying to make it sound like they're being kind to you, but really trying to cut you at the edges. And then they'll say things like, oh, no, 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 but I like you. I think that you're this. I think that you're that. But they're saying one thing. It's like they're stroking your head with one hand while cutting you little tiny cuts on the side. I distance myself from that shit and and I just get very one wordy because you are not going to impact my divinity. I've like, I've experienced it like so many different points throughout my life. And the moment I see them flags, I'm like, ah, 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 until you know how to speak around me, you, you are not going to, you're not going to get much chance to speak to me. No, like I just have to find every way to celebrate myself. Like you can't wait for other people because I feel like it can also set up like childhood wounding as well or trigger childhood wounding I I realized that even in terms of the live show the reason that some things aren't like I'm not excited about certain things is because of the frame framework that's come that's not actually how I perceive it like it's a success the things that I've already done behind the scenes but because 
other things are shifting. I'm not getting to actually see it as a success because it's, it's just long. So I've had to like reframe it for myself and be like, no, I'm doing this and I'm doing it well. Like I'm an actual G like my God, look at where I've gotten to so far. Um, you know, a long way from just even April, like this is amazing. I have to keep telling myself this is amazing because if you let other people have an impact on how you perceive things, you're not even going to enjoy your things no more. And you definitely won't enjoy yourself, like who you are as a being, um, just generally in this life, like you've got to gas yourself up. Because people are so ready and willing to tear you down I hope she breaks up with this guy Because he's the absolute worst Like it's just horrible that you'd go online It's humiliating as well Like you've just gone onto the internet To tell people that you don't think I'm very pretty And you don't think I'm very intelligent Regardless of whether you feel like They might be prettier or more intelligent You know what? I think he's riffing off one of these poems By Pablo Neruda So Pablo Neruda is one of my um, I guess my favourite poets But I say that loosely nowadays. Um, yeah, I say that loosely nowadays. But Pablo Neruda has this poem. It is, is it sonnets? Let me just see, checking. No, it's not that one. I'm just trying to find the one for you. But it's a poem called You Are Queen. Um, or No, is it You Are Queen or I Have Named You Queen? Let me see. It says here, I have named you queen. There are taller than you. Taller. There are purer than you, purer. There are lovelier than you, lovelier. But you are the queen. When you go through the streets, no one recognizes you. No one sees your crystal crown. No one looks at the carpet of red gold that you tread as you pass the non existent carpet. And when you appear, all the rivers sound in my body. Bells shake the sky, and a hymn fills the world. Only you and I, only you and I, my love, listen to it. Now, okay, you could say that in some kind of regards or in some, that Higgy post from Solomon Bucci and this poem by Pablo Neruda, they're essentially saying the same things where there are other people who look more conventionally attractive than you do, but I have named you queen, like you are the queen of my life. Like when you walk down the road, like, Fam, I don't care if nobody else sees it. Like you, you're, you are, darling. You're the highlight of my life. Woo! You're the one that makes it all worthwhile. Sorry, that's I like country music. Um, so I guess essentially that they're saying the same thing. Maybe Pablo Neruda just wrote it differently. But now, basically, I look at the this poem with slightly different eyes because I'm like, okay, you've told me all of that, but I think that. From Pablo Neruda's perspective, what he's saying is that, yes, like, well, no, because the Pura sounds very white supremacy, not white supremacy, it sounds very patriarchal, the idea of Pura, because I guess he's referring to virginity. And when he talks about lovelier, I might be talking about temperament, um, taller, maybe tall things were in them times. But he finishes that first stanza and by that first stanza by saying, um, but you are the queen. Like, that is, that is the, it's it's almost a fact it's not it's he starts with i have named you queen and then he comes to but you are the queen so there's something about it becoming the only reality because he's decided that that is the only reality for him so i feel like in that regard yeah you might be saying a similar thing but 
maybe because Facebook wasn't around when Pablo Neruda was writing them poems, but I just feel like it's very higgy. That's all I wanted to say. Like maybe there are no differences between what Pablo Neruda wrote and what he wrote. But either way, I just don't like this idea of, oh, you know, you're not that great, but I settled with you because I've made a choice to settle with you. I chose you among, amongst all the other beauties. Omar, the ones that you said are more beautiful and more intelligent, do they want you? Do they want you? Because that is that is really the question that you need to be focusing on before you stretch your 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 crusty, dry, cracked lips to be talking about, oh, you're not the most beautiful, you're not the most intelligent. Do the most beautiful and the most intelligent, do they even want you? Look at your head like a peanut. Shut up. Anyway, just felt like I'd share that. Oh, well, let's go from one peanut head to another peanut head. So it's funny because last week I mentioned, was it last week? I mentioned about Neo. I'm glad that you like the kind of live show, um, live show, the live streaming version of the podcast episode that week. But anyway, I mentioned about Neo cheating and would you, (laughs) almost as if I was tapped into the collective consciousness, boom, boom, boom. We get a statement from his wife and she is giving us all of the things. So. Not only could you not keep your um, um, opinions about um, R. Kelly and people and the fact that you listen to his music and that forehead of yours, you couldn't keep any of those things under that fedora hat. You also could not keep your penis in your pants. Your penis, your penis was everywhere. Your penis is just out here, run ragged, skin falling off. Your, your, your penis is just looking as shiny as that bald head because you've just you put it through the wars and this is what I also want to focus on because no matter how pretty this woman is that he's with this crystal something something what's her name crystal crystal smith no matter how pretty she is it's still never enough it's still never enough for y'all niggas it's still never enough and it's not just you it's not just black men I'm just talking about generally like we've had the peanut head number one talking about oh um you know, you're not the most beautiful. You're not the most intelligent. Right. But even the ones who are with the ones that could be deemed as the most beautiful, quote unquote, I mean, more time, they're just light skin. But even if they could be deemed as that, you're still cheating on them. Kevin Hart, what, cheating on what's her face um, while she was pregnant. No matter how cute, the like being beautiful does not insulate you from the violence of patriarchy. It does not. It doesn't. And these fucking men will have you believe otherwise that, oh, no, you know, it's just because those other women were this way, but you're different. No, no. Because in the eyes of patriarchy and because of patriarchy, we live within a culture that men really, really love other men and seek out the approval of other men. And women are merely conduits to how they show off to themselves. And I'm talking more cishet men in this case how they show off to themselves. So they use women as that, not really loving the women, only using the women to be able to get more love from other men. If you don't understand it, go and do your reading. I'm not wrong. I feel like I need to start saying that nowadays because I've been humble too much, too much when I'm just like, oh yeah, well, you can have a different, no, your different perspective is different because it's wrong. Anyway, um, Crystal Smith, wife of American singer and songwriter Neo, on Sunday announced that she has officially broken up with the R&B artiste. In a statement on her Instagram page, the mother of three stated that for eight years of their marriage, she had shared her husband with numerous women, Jesus, who sell their bodies to him unprotected. Now, that's what I don't like. I don't like that. 
Because your man is the hoe, baby Your man is the hoe What the other women were doing Could only have been done Because your man is a junge Your man is a skit Your man is a slag Focus on your man Because all of this Who sell their bodies to him unprotected Selling their bodies You're also, I feel like Slightly coming as sex workers And I don't like it But Everything in this life is transactional in some regards. Well, if we're talking about this society anyway, the society that we're living in, there is a lot that a lot of things are transactional. You got with him because he because if you really want to go there, Crystal, let me get that crystal ball out and we're gonna do it. You got with him knowing how horrendous he was to his previous partner, saying that he didn't want children. She tied up her tubes, everything, and it can't be reversed, none of that. Then he got with you. You, he was. He already showed himself to be a horrible human at the time that you got with him. But you got with him not because he was cute, because you saw that forehead. You saw that forehead. So don't try it. And okay, he sings a little bit. He writes them songs, but it's for that reason because he's successful at what he does and he's got money. That's why you also ended up there, even through, even though you knew that he was already a terrible human being based on what he'd already done to a previous partner. So now that you're saying, oh, they sold their bodies to him unprotected, they're not your concern. Your slag of a husband is your concern. Let's continue. She stated that she will no longer lie to the public or pretend that their marriage was working. Crystal wrote, eight years, 11 years, 11 years of sacrifice. Followed my fears Stood by your side I've left your ass a thousand times No, I'm not gonna cry I'm not gonna cry I'm not gonna shed no tears Mary J. Bligay was singing Mary J. Blige was really singing Anyway, Crystal wrote Eight years Eight years of lies and deception. Eight years of unknowingly sharing my life and husband with numerous women who sell their bodies to him unprotected. Every last one of them. To say I'm heartbroken and disgusted is an understatement. To ask me to stay and accept is absolutely insane. The mentality of a narcissist. That is correct. I agree with you. I will no longer lie to the public or pretend that this is something it isn't. She noted that though she gained three children from the marriage She was left with wasted years and heartache Oh baby She notes, she continued I choose me I choose my happiness and health and my respect I gained three beautiful children out of this But nothing else but wasted years and heartache I ask that you all please stop sending me videos or information of him cheating. Jesus, Lord. Jesus of Atlanta, Georgia. Ha! Jesus of Los Angeles. Hey, Chinik and me. Why? Not you having people coming to you as a woman in the DMs. In the direct massages. They were putting it on you. Imagine that. Can you stop sending me the videos and the information? There was that much. There was that much. It became Crime Watch. You know Crime Watch when they're like, if you have any information of where we can see the gentleman in the video, please do not hesitate to contact us on Neo Watch, Forehead Watch, Fedora Watch. What is it? Wow. 
Wow. He was really out here. He was just slinging that penis about. He was just flinging that cock. Hey. <gasps> oh, my God. Oh, baby. That's horrible. Oh, God. Oh. Let me not say what I'm going to say because I don't even condone violence anymore. <laughs> um, I ask you, I ask that you all please stop sending me videos or information of him cheating because what he does is no longer my concern. Wow. I'm not a victim. I'm choosing to stand tall with my head held high. You go, girl. If someone can't love you the way you deserve, then it's up to you to love yourself. With no hate in my heart, I wish him nothing but the best. No, baby, you need to wish him the worst. You need to wish him the worst and take his money. The singer's wife signed the statement with her maiden name, Crystal Renee, which indicated that she had dropped her husband's surname. Born Schaefer Smith, the singer had renewed his marital vows to Crystal in April 2022. Interesting because that's always the sign for me. Whenever I see these celebs renewing vows, I was like, oh, somebody cheating, somebody cheating, somebody has been fucking. Because renewing a vows is cute, but they renew vows after like five years. Bitch, the other vow hasn't even expired. What the fuck? They can hold your data for what, 14 years in certain departments? Like, fam, be easy. Five and you need to renew already? What kind of Skoda engine marriage do you have? Please, please, please. Renewing vows, renewing vows. And this is what she gets. Whenever it's renewing vows, it's like, oh no, I know I cheated on you the last in the, in the marriage 1.0, but you see in um, the marriage Firefox 3.0, that won't be the case. Let's renew these vows. You just get a chance to get dressed up and wear another dress again. And probably by, you know, that woman, Eziabo. I'm going to go to her when I'm, when I'm getting some kind of award. I'm going to Houston, Texas or wherever the hell she is. And I'm getting that gown. Okay. Don't know how I'll pay for it, but I will, I must get that gown. But you know, you get a cute, you get to dress up, you get to have a party. Meanwhile, he's probably fucking people even at that, at, at the renewal of your vows. Neo, Nino. Nino Schaefer Smith Now your penis is chafing Wow Disgusting But it makes sense why he was telling people to celebrate the artist from the music Because he knew what was going to come out about him Um, Another cheater um, William and his wandering Willie There was a story that didn't quite come to fruition Because you know gag order and them things there But let's say that in a particular realm, there was a a monarchy on the particular island that was extremely bad vibes where you have um, an uncle of this person who's a nonce. You have their grandmother who is, you know, just the worst. Um, I was going to call her a lizard then I held back. But um, just who's just the worst. And just all and, and then their dad likes to accept little gift cards um, of millions from um, Osama bin Laden. it's just the whole thing. And then your brother got a QE, left the UK because he said, not doing this anymore. Anyway, says here, poor Prince William, doomed never to escape rumours of that business with the march marchioness of Chumley. Now, the thing is, Chumley really gets me because it's spelled C-H-O-L-M-O-N-D-E-L-E-Y. So I 
using all of my eyes and how I've been told to pronounce words would call that Chomondele. But apparently it's Chumley. And I feel like rich people are really taking a fucking piss at this point. Nor his, um, anyway, nor of his uh, alleged inability to type. Though it is the former that concerns us today, Prince William's affair was trending on Twitter yesterday in conjunction with a much more eye-catching hashtag that suggested Britain's future king has already been crowned the Prince of Pegging. I know what you're thinking. When did the Queen hand out that special favour? But actually, the British public bestowed him this title. Um, before we go too far into this road, I should note that William's purported love of pegging, which is to say having a cis woman, probably based on the forthcoming context clues, penetrate him anally with a strap on. Um, it's all pure speculation at this point because it was basically, um, an Australian account, um, it was like a celebrity gossip slash whatever account. They ran a story, a royal story, a royal blind where we don't know who sent it in. And they basically said that, um, they said, this is so salacious. I'm almost too shook to share it with you, but will anyway. This British Royals extramarital affair is an open secret in London and amongst the English artisto set and is the talk of every party and news desk. At a recent media party, I was told the real reason for the affair was the Royals love of pegging, which his wife is far too old fashioned to engage in. The wife doesn't mind her and um, in fact prefers her husband getting his sexual needs met um, elsewhere as long as things don't become emotional, which was the case with the last woman. Um, I mean, this could be anyone, but the way that we know that some people's willies like to wander, I just think it's really interesting. Like, instead of you to be gearing up to be the king of this um, downtrodden island, you are busy just doing what you like. I mean, I'm not against pegging. Like, I I just find the whole thing interesting, but you do have a job to do. And I would think that you need to focus on your job and also let that woman go. Kate wants to be free so badly. She wants to be free so badly. And I think that's what was happening around that Tom Cruise, that new movie that was coming out. Um, They were having a premiere in Leicester Square and she still showed up anyway, even though they, there's been, there were rumours that they would, they'd been fighting. They are clearly, it seems like a curse of the royals in that case. Like they're just not happy and she can't go nowhere because she has to be the royal incubator and make sure that there are enough children to carry on the bloodline of royalty and make sure that Harry and his Negro baby never get anywhere close. Like that's basically their thinking, not my personal thinking. Um, And it's sad. It's really, really sad. Just like it's, it's not the pegging part, just the horrendous and I now feel like it was William that probably asked um how dark the baby would be he like and then trying to ban that interview with um Diana being aired anymore because of that whole drama with um the what's that guy's name who filmed it that's not the issue though your mum was sharing her truth regardless of how it came about of course it was disgusting how they managed to obtain all of that information or how they managed to get her to do the interview but she was sharing her truth and you want to ban it because what exactly diana would be so disgusted that's why she took her looks back from you um in another situation colleen rooney wins her case um against rebecca vardy um Again, remember that Colleen Rooney didn't actually bring this case to court. It was Rebecca Vardy that brought this case to court. Um, So a little while back, it was like in 2019, um, Colleen Rooney, uh, um, who is the wife of footballer Wayne Rooney, uh, 
accused Rebecca Vardy, who's with, what's it, um, what's that one's name? James Vardy, is it? Um, she said, like, basically, that Rebecca had been leaking stories about her to the press. And the way that she knew was because she added Rebecca to close friends list and she would post false information about herself to see if it would end up in the news. And lo and behold, it would end up there. So Rebecca now, instead of taking the L and being like, wow, I'm, I'm terrible for what I've done. She then decided to sue um, Colleen for defamation But she didn't win the case Because actually more things came out Even though she tried to like get rid of her phone Or pour water on her phone or whatever the hell More things came out and um, it, You know she just baited herself up Basically so it says here Colleen Rooney says she was pleased the ruling went in her favour But adds that the case should not have gone to court When the money could have been far better Spent helping others Um Vardy attempted to sue her fellow WAG for defamation, but a high court judge has ruled that Rooney's Instagram post outing Vardy for leaking stories to the Sun newspaper was true. Vardy said just, uh, Judge Justice Stain um, got it wrong with her ruling, adding that it is not the result that I had expected nor believe was just. Of course you didn't because you're nasty. But she added that she would not appeal as the case is over. Yeah, it's over for you. Rooney said she was pleased the judge had found it um, in her favour, adding it was not a case I ever sought or wanted. Alluding to what she called a difficult and stressful time throughout the trial, she concluded, although I'm bare Mrs. Vardy, no ill will, today's judgment makes clear that I was right in what I said in my post of October 2019. The court found that the essence of Rooney's social media post was substantially true. That's to say Vardy was responsible for leaking Rooney's private information to the press. In her verdict, Judge Stain described Vardy's evidence to the libel trial as manifestly inconsistent, evasive or implausible, while Rooney's evidence was honest and reliable. Good. Um, in her conclusion, the judge said, I have found that Ms. Vardy was party to the disclosure to the son. Ms. Vardy knew of and condoned this behavior, actively engaging in it by directing Ms. Watt, um, to, and Ms. Watt is like her manager, Vardy's manager, to the private Instagram account, sending her screenshots of Ms. Rooney's posts, drawing attention to items of potential interest to the press, and answering additional queries raised by the press via Ms. Watt. Caroline Watt was Vardy's agent and friend, and they'd been and had been implicated in the leaking of the private posts during evidence heard in court. She did not give ed- evidence during the hearing. Although the judge labelled the information within Rooney's leaked posts as trivial, she said the content does not need to be confidential or important to meet the sting of the libel. Despite the court finding that Rooney's reveal post was on a matter of public interest, the judge ruled that it couldn't be used as part of her defence because she did not take steps to put the allegation to Ms. Vardy and give her an opportunity to respond. Addressing that was um, what addressing what was referred to during the trial as a series of unfortunate incidents which involved a broken laptop, forgotten passwords and lost data, Mrs. Justin Stein, Stein said, in my judgment, it is likely that Ms. Vardy deliberately deleted her WhatsApp chat with Miss Watt and that Miss Watt deliberately dropped her phone in the sea. <laughs> in the sea. Wow. The court praised Rooney's evidence as honest and reliable, but said Vardy's evidence was manifestly inconsistent, evasive and implausible. Um, the judge said Miss Vardy was genuinely, generally unwilling to make factual concessions, however implausible her evidence. While the judge found that Vardy uh, had disclosed f- private information, she said she believed Vardy had felt genuinely offended by Rooney's accusation, employing a, def- a degree of self-deception to minimise her role in the leak. Um, well, there you go. Justice 
as prevailed. So, I mean, it was a whole drama. It was a real, it was a whole thing. And it was just really interesting that it's not the person that goes to call police first that will win the case, you know? And so you try to do all of that long talking about, oh, I'm going to sue you for, for defamation, but you did the thing. How are you suing for defamation when you did the thing? Because the defense, the absolute defense of that is truth. And it was proven that it was true that you did the thing. Wow. Ha <laughs> ha. Good for you. Just bad mind. Very, very bad mind. Um, Jesse Nelson was dropped by her label. If you're forgetting who Jesse Nelson is, she was part of Little Mix and she liked to... Um, basically do black fishing and she dropped her song uh, her first single was it with Nicki Minaj and um it seems like her record labels dropped her hmm interesting um I was going to talk about Joe Man- Manganiello is it Manganiello he um he was in True Blood beautiful beautiful man so beautiful he was in True Blood and that was like my favorite series and then it finished it ended really oddly like they wrapped it up in such an odd way I always mention that Anyway, he did this test, um, you know, that ancestry test, because when you look at him, he just looks like maybe like Italian, just basically spicy white. But um, he marveled at the years old mysteries in his family that were solved through DNA by researchers on PBS Finding Your Roots. It's a program, including a revelation involving the actor's, um, actor's paternal grandfather. It was so surprising that host Henry Louis Gates Jr. had to call um, Manganiello with the news so he wouldn't find out first during taping. My family and I had a betting pool of what it and what it is like. What's so bad that you can't announce it on the episode? Uh, Manganiello told a TV critics um, meeting on Thursday. Gates informed Manganiello that the man he believed to be his um, be the actor's paternal grandfather really wasn't. My grandfather was a black man of mixed race, said Manganiello, who is white. That is so funny that your grandfather is a black man of mixed race and you are white. He said that was fascinating. As a result, Gates told told him, you are 0% genetically related to anyone named Manganiello in the world. Wow. Gates didn't stop there. The show's research traced back to the actor's fifth great-grandfather, who was a slave, who became free before slavery was abolished in Massachusetts, where Manganiello's father was born outside of Boston. His father's family came from Italy. Um, Wow. Wow, wow, wow. It's so funny when they do these ancestry things and you're just like, ha, look at you. All that time you didn't even know you were a nig. No, but no, it's it's very, very interesting. And again, that whole one drop rule. I don't know how the whole thing will pan out anyway, but I just thought that was interesting because I don't think anything about him ever said to me that he could have any sort of black heritage, but you never know with genetics. You just never know. But I just find it funny that he has this surname and always seen himself a particular way. Like, oh, you know, this is my heritage. I'm Italian. Well, not the way that you think you are. Um, okay. And my last So You Mad um, was just going to touch on the fact that Will Smith apologized. He made a video, he came back online as Mars is going to be conjunct Uranus um, and the North Node in Taurus. He came back online. If you remember when he gave Chris Rock that slap, there was also Mars. Was that when Mars, I think that was when Mars entered Aries that he gave. Um, so I feel like he's got a Mars, a very Mars, um, influence chart I'd say for Will Smith I don't know personally I don't know I'm just guessing I'm just throwing I'm just throwing things out there but yeah I wouldn't be surprised anyway but um 
Yeah, so um, this whole conjunction is happening in Taurus And he's come out to apologise to Chris Rock And to say that, you know, he's trying to be accountable for his actions or whatever Without being ashamed of his actions or ashamed of himself And I just think that Will Smith has really grown on me I don't know him personally I've never had any sort of, like, problem with him Maybe, like, the way that he treated um, Dark Skin Aunt Viv but, you know, they've worked that out between themselves um, But I don't know, I don't know I just, I, I, he's grown on me because There aren't many black men that I see in the public eye in that way Who are vulnerable I feel like he was very very vulnerable in that In his autobiography Obviously somebody helped him But what I mean is that it was still his story to share And I feel like he was rather vulnerable in that And I think it does take a lot to come out um, on t- uh, on the internet or whatever TV or whatever And apologise in the way that he did But I feel like ultimately He's doing it because his career Has been so adversely affected By the slap And because of white supremacy Everybody making such a big deal of it Of course you could say that violence is not okay Violence is not okay But you lot I happily watch Like you lot happily watch like black people get killed all of the time and feel no way. You're happy that America is constantly at war, but violence is not okay. Like shut the fuck up because it's not violence. Like you don't care about violence like that. You care about who is um, expressing that violent act because as far as you're concerned, that is like all of the ways you're saying that violence is not the answer. But again, you don't want to give up guns. Children were killed, shot in the school Everyone's getting shot up, shot up everywhere Again, the Vim is not coming to address these gun laws But you will sit there and talk about violence It's not the answer I feel sad that upon all the money that I pers- I think he has And the life that I felt like he had That he's still got to come out in some kind of way And acquiesce to these um to the masses and to this very influential, I guess, academy and um, acting society. Because I guess everybody's so tight knit that they won't let him move um, and do his thing unless he basically does that whole public apology where they see his face and he's apologizing and he's doing this and he's doing that. And I believe that he is genuinely sorry. He probably didn't want to act in that way. And I do, from looking at his eyes, his puffy face, I feel like he's going through something. I, he, he, I I don't know if I just feel like he's going through something That probably we won't be privy to And I feel like I said this before That we won't be privy to that information for a while But he is going through things And I still stand by chat shit get banged You know I still stand by that Regardless anytime anywhere You can reach me by hair You can reach me You'll get slapped up any way that you can It's, It's really that simple I don't care how I get there, but I'll get there if I can and fuck you up. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just feel like, are we going to get Chris Rock making a similar video apologizing to Jada for his, cause we'll mention that in the, in his video that this has been, this is beyond the, um, Oscars. This has been something that Chris Rock has been doing for a while and he reacted in the way that he reacted. And he says that Chris Rock is still not ready to speak to him because of course he's milking all of this. He's loving that, that in terms of that, that slap polarized 
Hollywood and more people, I guess, have gone onto Chris's side because everyone's still trying to pretend that they're all decent human beings. You lot sit and kiki with fucking nonces, with pedophiles, with sexual predators. Like you lot kiki with them and honor them with awards all of the fucking time. But it's Will Smith that you lot have got energy for. Fuck you. Regardless of how you feel about the slap and how comedy is this, and I'm so fucking tired. Let me just get that off my chest while I'm here. I am so fucking tired of com- comedians being these protected class of people that oh they should be allowed. You know the whole point of comedy is that and being a comedian is that we t- we toe the line of what's acceptable and we speak to that part of you of saying the things that you wouldn't dare to say. Fuck you because have some decency. Have some decency whether you know that this is happening or that is happening or not. I can be funny without doing all of the things that you lot are doing. So I don't believe that comedy, you should just be allowed to say what you like. And, and, and that's that. No, no, there are consequences to things. There are consequences and it is what it is. I don't necessarily believe that, oh, you should be on stage and somebody should just rock up and slap you because they don't like something that you said. Fine. But this was not just an isolated incident. You have been going at this person for years over and over and over and over. People keep talking about it like it was just one thing. And you know what? Whatever. I'm not even going to work myself up again. But Will did what he had to do. But I just, I don't see, I just think Chris Rock is a piece of shit. And I saw that uh, the people posting videos. Um, piece of shit for this particular thing I've, I don't, I haven't found him funny for quite a while Generally speaking But people posting that photo of him Chris, uh, Kevin Hart And is it Dave Chappelle Like, have some self-respect These men And this is how you know Like, it's just shameful That people really, really don't care about black women No matter how much they pretend to do so Like, are you so down in the dumps That the, these are your role models? These three men who are not very nice people, regardless of how you like their astute takes, like that's all you can base your masculinity upon. That is woeful. Anyway, that's that for So You Mad. Let me quickly jump to Start Your Motors and we'll wrap this up. Sebastian Vettel is retiring. He's made, um, he joined Instagram, which I think all social media, but specifically Instagram, he's joined to, and that was the sign. Somebody said, I think it was David Coulthard that said that he knew that, or was it the other, Steve Steve Owens is his name um, That they knew that Or is it Jones? I don't know That made them um, that They knew that it was Something was coming Because Sebastian Vettel Hasn't had social media And then suddenly He's got a page So clearly he was gearing up But I don't know why They felt like they needed To interview Christian Horner About it and his views Because obviously um, Sebastian Vettel Used to drive for Red Bull um, so they were interviewing him about it, uh, Christian Horner about Sebastian Vettel's announcement that he's retiring at the end of 2022. And, you know, Wing Spice, Spiceless Wonder, he can't help being bad mind. He can't help being bad vibes because even the way that he was speaking about him, he literally had to be prompted by the um, reporters, the presenters to say something like actually nice because he's just a mess. Like he's, He's just a mess But you know I'm happy for Sebastian Vettel He's a four time world champion And Aston Martin's not it And I just I don't see him Getting with a team Because they did ask him They did ask Christian Horner If he'd considered getting What is it Vettel in Instead of Checo um, Sergio Perez And he said Oh yeah you know There were some exploratory conversations But you know He You know Once you're kind of 
done with that relationship you're done rather than having a whole back and forth and I guess with Vettel they would he wouldn't have tolerated them making him feel anyhow um as a number two to um Verstappen so they can get away with that with Perez they can treat him anyhow and they wouldn't have been able to do that but I wish him all the best because Vettel has really grown on me he really has I didn't like when he was like giving um Hamilton all of that drama but I like that he stands for things. I like that he believes in things. Um, he was one of the only ones really that took a knee with Lewis during the uh, Black Lives Matter resurgence and them doing all the end racism stuff at F1. And um, he was happy to do that. He was happy to do that. And I just like that. You know, I I, I rate that. Um, and beyond that, he's got, he's, you know, the other things that he's committed to as well. And I feel like he will really make the most of the platform that he's built um, and the name that he's made for himself. And he's one of the very few guys that have really matured into not having bad vibes. People keep trying to gaslight us. I shouldn't even use that term so flippantly, but um, into believing that Oh, um, Verstappen is so much more mature this year No, he's not He's only nice when he's winning Do you not get that? Even uh, I'm going to get to the race shortly But he's only nice and respectful to people when he has won If it doesn't go his way, he's not nice If it's not going his way, he's not nice Do you not hear him on the radio? Effing and blinding, effing and blinding But if Yuki Tsunoda did that You'd say he has to see an anger management therapist immediately But when it's Verstappen, oh, he's just passionate Or he just really cares That's why he's doing that So what? Nobody else is passionate Nobody else is passionate Nobody else really cares Racism just racisming all the time and on that subject, the Red Bull fans are just disgusting to me. So there's a video that's circulating where the Red Bull fans are burning merchandise that have like Mercedes merchandise that has like Hamilton's name on it. And um, they were cheering the other time that he went into a wall at one of the, was it one of the practice sessions? Was it, or was it qualifying? I think it was one of the practice sessions in a previous race. This is getting out of hand. Somebody was like, oh yeah, but this is what happens when programs like Drive to Survive, um, uh, manufacture division between the drivers No It's not drive to survive Manufacturing anything Of course they have producers To create a storyline And whatever else This has been in the sport From the beginning The racism didn't just appear When drive to survive came along The racism has been there And it's very very overt When it comes to um, That energy drink boys fans Burning Burning Um Things like that Soon you'll move to, move to like burning effigies There's a spiritual element to that That is so sinister And if they're burning things like that What would they do if they actually had physical contact With um, Lewis Hamilton? What would they do then? I feel like F1 They put out a video with um, in collaboration with the FIA Saying we don't want abuse in our sport We don't tolerate abuse online You're all just talking You're all just talking Because you don't do the real work Of saying like If you move like that You're burning You're burning these things You're burning it about the um, Burning um, things pertaining to a particular driver Everybody's banned You're banned You're not coming to the races anymore But they choose profit over people in terms of the the drivers, they choose they choose their profit over the drivers, and that is very very sad to see. I think it's disgusting. Saying that, there was another um, tweet that I saw going round where um, George Russell got pole position um, on Saturday, his first pole position of his career, first pole, pole position for Mercedes this season. Um, pole position is that you're starting first, at, you know, at the front. 
on the on race day on a Sunday, and that's an optimal position to be in, especially um, at a track like the Hungaro Ring. That's where we were for the Hungarian Grand Prix, where they gen- generally say that it's rather difficult to overtake. Although quite a few overtakes did happen um, during the race today, but. Um, so yeah, if you're at a track that's generally hard to overtake and you get pole position, that means that you've essentially won the race. If you drive a good race and nothing fucked up happens to your car, you're set. You know, of course, you've got to take in the pit stops and everything else. So it's also how much you manage to pull away. So if you can get to the front and you're, you've got a good racing strategy, that is a very, very comfortable race to be at. Um, so yeah, George Russell got his first pole position for um, ever in his career. Um, he got the first one for Mercedes this season. That wasn't Lewis Hamilton. Trust and believe somebody took a, um, an, a still image of George Floyd being murdered and they replaced the face of George Floyd with Lewis's face and they replaced the face of that demon, Derek Chauvin, with um, George Russell's face. Like, oh, this is how um, Russell is dominating um, um, Lewis Hamilton this season And the, seeing the picture made me sick I didn't retweet it or anything It just made me sick I'm just like these are the vile people That you have as part of the sport And he chose that image for a reason There are so many Contextually there are so many layers to the violence That it just really makes me sad That this is this is the nature of the sport This is the nature of our society That people think that George Floyd's murder Is a joke and also like that can be used trivially um, to, to also disrespect Lewis Hamilton, someone of black heritage. Something needs to be done and woo, woo, woo. Formula One people, your diversity and inclusion people, them, I feel like you need me because there are what, 10, nine races left. I've got to check on the thing. But if you're coming back in 2023 and 2023 and this is the attitude that you're bringing, it's not going to work. It's only going to get more tense from here. And I love that um, the Hamilton fans are generally very outspoken. I think that it's necessary. Otherwise, they'll just pretend that people are imagining these things. So next, we've got the Belgian Grand Prix after the summer break, because now after the Hungarian Grand Prix that's happened now, we're going to have like a three week summer break. So the drivers go off and actually enjoy their summer. So we've got the Belgian Grand Prix, the Dutch Grand Prix, the Italian um, the Italian Grand Prix, the Russian Grand Prix. How is the Russian Grand Prix still on there? What? Huh? Oh, cancelled. I was about to say, sorry, ignore me. So, so we've got Belgian, Dutch, Italian, Singapore, Japanese, United States, Mexican, Brazilian and Abu Dhabi so yeah nine races left we've got nine races left for the season and Hamilton's doing it you know he got P2 he got um he finished in P2 today so he finished second place today um and he's that car as you it's just really annoying because during qualifying he was making really really good times and then the last um, qualifying lap that he could do His DRS didn't open Or it wasn't functioning So he couldn't get the speed that he needed And ended up in 7th for this race um, For race day But from 7th to 2nd place That is absolutely brilliant That the strategy, the strategy was good So I'm glad that Bono was on job um, Yeah, it was just generally Very, very good on that part Very happy for George Russell He got P3 Unfortunately, he wasn't able to maintain the Pole position that he had It was very very higgy for Leclerc and um, Carlos Sainz um, 
Ferrari isn't just do, Like Ferrari It's really funny Because Ferrari now Has a fast car They have a car That can really compete And can really You know Really start to do some damage But They're strategists It has to be crack Because They are all over the place Like at this point It's like they're actually Enemies of progress I don't know what else You can call it um, Verstappen won the race Uh and he started in P10 because he had a power unit problem during qualifying. So it meant that he started in 10th place on the grid on Sunday. Now, the thing is, somebody going from 10th place to first is bloody brilliant, right? Strategy's on point. Their driving's on point. He managed to overtake people cleanly, which means that he always knew how to overtake people cleanly. But last season, he just decided to be disrespectful to um, Lewis Hamilton on numerous occasions But we'll put that to the side But it's not actually going to go to the side It's going to stay central to this conversation Which is why Because of how he behaved Because of the person he is Because he won't disavow his, fan, uh, disavow his fans Who keep doing very, very racist things His dad is racist And he's a piece of trash His um, future father-in-law Nelson Piquet Is also a racist So you're just surrounded by racists And you say very, very wayward things yourself And you're nasty And I swear Did he say he punched Ocon at one point? There's lots of things there. So I just find it funny how Helmut Marco is like, oh no, Max is very calm. He's just passionate because you're lying and you're enabling his violent behavior. But whatever. Anybody else going from 10th place to first place, you know, I would have been saying, well done. Like you really, really did that shit. But I'm not saying that about Max Verstappen. And it's not because I'm a hater. Sometimes people, it's not about them being a hater. They just hate you because a hater would mean like, Oh, they just don't like your success. No, no, no. They just hate you as an individual. I can recognize that what you did was great because a hater wouldn't even want to recognize that what you did was great. They'll try and make it out like, no, no, what you did was great. But because I hate you, I'm not, we're not having that conversation. And it's just funny how I think even tapped Lewis at some point. It's funny how like you can be gracious when you're winning and it's like, oh no, so I'm just so happy about today and you know, everything just worked out and no, I'm not with it. I'm not with it. I'm not with it. But you know, happy for George Russell too. He went from P1 to P3. Um, You know, he had pole position and he finished in third place. You know, he did what he needed to do. The Max fans are going to love all of this now, but imagine that Mercedes really had to work to get that car to where it is. And after all these races, they're really finally starting to make a dent in things. Signs finished fourth. Leclerc finished sixth. Jesus. Perez finished fifth. Norris finished seventh. Good. Alonso finished eighth. Oh, I can't stand him. Ocon finished ninth. And um, Sebastian Vettel finished th- tenth. So he got in the points for Aston Martin. Lance Stroll clearly didn't get in the points for Aston Martin. And surprisingly, all the drivers finished today. Uh, all the drivers finished the race. Nobody crashed out. None of that. Like, I'm glad. I like when all the drivers are able to finish. Um, also means, obviously, that there's then no safety car. There was virtual safety car at some point, um, but generally, you know, no safety car. So in terms of the driver standings, it means that Verstappen's got 258 points. Leclerc has 178 points. Perez has 173 points. Russell has 158 points. Carlos Sainz has 156 points. Hamilton has 146 points. Norris has 76 points. Ocon has 58 Bottas has 46 and Alonso has 41. I love that Hamilton has 146 points. He's 10 points behind um, Signs, um, who's who drives for Ferrari, and Ferrari technically have, you know, a fast car, the fastest car they um in 
I guess in line with um, with Red Bull, they they have like the fastest car. But look how Mercedes are pushing up on them. The, all it takes is one race for Hamilton to just boom, get ahead of Signs, possibly get ahead of Russell, and next person he's going to come for is Perez. So I think within three races, I wouldn't be surprised if Hamilton finishes this um, this season second, last last third. I'll be shocked if it's fourth. Like last last. He'll finish the season second, hoping for, um, I'm sorry, last, last, he'll finish the season third, but I'm hoping for second. I mean, by some amazing um, work done by the factory at Mercedes during the holidays, um, the summer holidays or the summer break, if it, they come back and he could get first, that would be juicy, but second would be cute. Um, but let's see, let's see. I just hate that this will mean a second world championship for that little, that little rat Verstappen, but it is what it is. In terms of the um, standings for the Constructors' Championship, Red Bull uh, Racing, sorry, Racing, is on 431 points. Ferrari's on 334 points. Mercedes is on 304. Can you see what I mean? I mean, Russell, I've got to give it to him. He did well to, you know, make a dent in them points and, and help Mercedes. But now, because they aren't doing so many experiments on Hamilton's car, he's also bringing them points in for them as well. And also there was Silverstone that Russell didn't finish and Hamilton um, did what he needed to do and came P3. Um, So 30 points stand between Mercedes and Ferrari for the second place. And I just feel like Mercedes are now finding their groove and anything can happen. Alpine, oh, they're on 99 points. McLaren's 95, Alfa Romeo 51, Haas 34, Alfa Tauri's 27, Aston Martin 20 and Williams 3. So really, it's a battle between um, Ferrari and Mercedes to take second. But I know Mercedes won't be happy with second and they're really going to push for that first place um, from Red Bull. But, you know, Perez is very Higgy Hagar. We never know where it's going to be with him. So we just have to wait and see. Um, Lastly, is that it? Yeah, that's it, I think. So now the summer break is happening. And I then what's happening after the summer break? Then we're back for the Belgian Grand Prix on Sunday, 28th of August. That's Spa. Oh, Spa was a mess last year. But let's see how it goes this year. Looking forward to that. Anyway, let's get to straw of the week, aka suck your mum. My first straw of the week, nice and quickly, goes out to the people who are renting slave cabins on Airbnb. Um, definitely want you to suck your mothers out for an eternity because I can't believe that you know that something. I mean, people like Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds and all of them people they were getting married on slave um on plantation. So um, you know. It is what it is. Um, people are vile all around. But it's, ugh, I just can't believe it. Let me play you this thing. Let's see if it'll play. One second. And I know there's going to be somebody that says, oh, you're looking for controversy where it doesn't exist. No, this is an 1830s slave cabin that is up on Airbnb as a, as a bed and breakfast. How do I know that this is slave quarters other than just using my eyes and looking at it? Well, they say it in the listing. This particular structure, the Panther Burn Cabin, is an 1830s slave cabin from the Panther Burn Plantation. How is this okay in somebody's mind to to rent this out, a place where human beings were kept as slaves? Rent this out as a bed and breakfast. Here it is. That's it right there, the slave quarters next to the big house. It's in uh, Greenville, Mississippi. That's that's the host, Brad, the super host. 
But what really kills me is reviews. Memorable. Highly recommend watching the sunset. We stayed in the sharecropper cabin and ate in the main house. Enjoyed everything about our stay. The cottage, the history, the tour, the breakfast, and all was great. We stayed in the cabin, and it was historic but elegant. A slave cabin is elegant. What a delightful place to step into history, southern hospitality, and stay a night or two. Cool spot. Way better than a hotel. Maybe you're thinking, okay, maybe this will give people insight on how enslaved people had to live, their living conditions. No, not at all. Clawfoot tub, running water, tile, you know, nice lighting fixtures, water, towels, dresser. The history of slavery in this country is constantly denied. And now it's. Wow. There you go. Every person who's rented out that, that, who rented out that Airbnb, the fact that Airbnb even have it on there, you can fuck off also and you can suck out. But the fact that this super host, what was his name? Patrick or Chad or whatever, um, renting it out. Oh, you're a raggedy bitch. You are a nasty raggedy bitch. And everybody who booked to stay there, you're nasty as well. But this is what I mean. Them white people were booking to stay, stay there in them slave cabins. They were booking to stay there because it's really fun and games. It's really shits and giggles that so many people were enslaved and tortured and, 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 and demeaned for centuries. Like to people that is cute. Would you go and stay in a concentration camp? Would you go? Would you go there? Would you say that you want to go and get married at a concentration camp? No, because there'd be a particular name for you if you wanted to do such a thing. There would definitely be a name for you. But for some reason, the atrocities of um, enslavement, all of that stuff is 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 just a free for all for everybody. I just think that that is so fucking disgusting. I am, I am just incensed. But it made me think about the fact that um, I'm writing some things at the moment, and so one of the things that I want to write is going to be about. I mean, I wrote a tweet about it, and I said the kind of horror movie I would want to see would be one where. Um, yeah, the kind of horror movie I would want to see would be one where um, people are having a wedding at a plantation and the people, uh, the spirits that suffered on that plantation start to flog everybody, like fuck everybody up, like fuck them up in the most gory way possible. Um, Jordan Peele, you've rested enough. Nope is something that I hope one day I understand. But um, in the meantime, let's get working on this. I think that it should be called Broom like jump in the broom or somebody else suggested it should be called jump, which I think is brilliant as well. Um, let's get to it. But before it becomes a movie, I'm just going to write a quick thing. I'm just going to write a little a story because I've got a very, 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 very juicy idea for how like people were sharing their ideas and I was like, that's cool, but you don't know what's in my head. And I think I've got this, but I'm going to write it because I want to reach, I want to shift that energy through literature. I want to shift that energy and have it out there that if any of you stupid bitches go to go and stay on a plantation where people were tortured and raped and all sorts, like you go and stay there. I really want the, the ancestors to flog you. I really want them to fuck you up. I do. I, with all of my heart, I do. That is when violence is the answer because it's remained the answer for white supremacy ever since the inception of all of this stuff and this Western world, this global North as we know it. I want you to get fucked up to high heavens. And so I'm going to write that story. And I'm, I don't care. I don't care for the reviews because people are going to be mad. The girls are going to be salty. The girls are going to be crying, throwing up. I don't care. I'm going to write what I want to write because I just think that this is wild that people, they can claim that they don't know history, but you know history. Oh my God. Have you been in here? 
can you see how beautiful it is? I can't believe that people are complaining because like, this is so cute. Like, look at the bathtub. Like, I'm not planning to like bathe in it, but like, it's so cute. So they stayed here. Like, I would love to stay here. And what do they have to do? Like pick cotton. I love cotton so much. Like I have this really cute tee, this really cute t-shirt and um, it's cotton. And I, you know, I wouldn't mind picking cotton for a few hours in a day and like in the sun. So I would have like a mean tan as well. Oh my God. So I just really wonder like why people complain about these sort of things because like you had it good you had it good. Like, I love this artwork. Do you think this artwork was up when they were staying here? No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't Cindy. It wasn't up them times. It was literally a shack and they've done it up. So you and your disgusting bitch of herself can enjoy what you perceive to be a piece of history. Suck out forever. Suck out forever and choke while doing so is what I would advise. Um, oh, I need to go on and um, be on radio with BBC Radio Bristol in a bit. So better wrap this up. What was the last thing I wanted to say on uh, Straw of the Week, aka Suck Your Mom? Um, oh, the Premier League, is he Premier League footballer that's still allowed to play even though he's been accused of rape? I just think that that's interesting because if he was a- accused of murder, would he be allowed to play? I wonder. Um, and then there's a letter. There's a letter to wrap this up. Here we go. Let's see. This letter is about Alika Ogorochuku, a black, um, a Nigerian man who was killed on the streets of Italy. So very, very violent. If you want to switch off at this point. Um, Dear Kelechi, I hope you're well. This tragedy happened yesterday, and I felt like I had to write in. I don't know if and when you will read this, but seeing this on Twitter. Um, Civita hashtag Civita Civita Nova Marsh, um, just broke me. A disabled Nigerian street vendor was beaten to death using his own crotch by an Italian man. His crime was reportedly complimenting the man's female companion as they walked by. This happened in broad daylight with people sitting around on benches, watching, filming from different angle, but nobody intervened. There's barely any mention of it on TV, but imagine if the roles had been reversed. There would be a wall-to-wall coverage with vitriolic statements from um, Georgia Maloney and Matteo Salvini, the two leaders of fascist far-right political parties who are leading in the polls for September general elections. Anti-blackness in Italy is so pervasive and accepted that it barely registered uh, registers. It's such um, it's just another day. Nothing to see here. The deafening silence, the lack of humanity, the lack of empathy, and the cruelty shown in that video are just heartbreaking. This is not new either. In 2016, another Nigerian man who had escaped Boko Haram, Emmanuel Chidin Namdi, was um, also murdered by a racist. He and his wife were simply taking a stroll one evening when out of nowhere somebody assaulted them and beat him to death. As a black man living in Italy, this makes me even more anxious than usual. A kind of anxiety that I can't really express. I have no family here and those at home in Cameroon or even in other European countries can't fully understand how much it has affected my mental health. In Italy, they always justify racism with ignorance. But when even university professors and all kinds of highly educated professionals show blatant racism with nonchalance, what can I say? I'm attaching a couple of links about the murder so you can see for yourself. Thank you for everything you do. Thank 
you for creating a space where I feel I belong. May God bless you infinitely. Thank you. Thank you for that. And um, yeah, and then you say in your second email that followed up that um, I would also like to retract the reason why he was murdered. When the police arrested the murderer, he defended his actions by saying that Alika had complimented his girlfriend. So I would take that version of events with a grain of salt. Um, Yeah, it, it gives very Emmett Till vibes. It's literally what we were talking about the other day, isn't it? This perception that all oh, these black men with their massive willies are going to come and rape our women and they're going to do this and they're going to do that. Whether he complimented her or not, I don't know if he did, but whether he did, he's a street vendor. Like he, whatever you feel about that, was it, was it, did it, was it worth murder? So that almost feels like, well, not almost feels like it is disproportionate. So I doubt that that was the reason. Racism just gets um, allowed to be in places like Italy and France. It goes unchecked because like you say, they'll call it, oh, people are just ignorant. It's not about people being ignorant. It's about people being evil. Can we call it what it is? People are just evil because I can be ignorant of something without meaning that thing harm. What do you mean? You're just using ignorance anyhow and to infantilize the very, like the very real um, murderers that are out there I'm so sorry that that happened to Alika Like God rest your soul Italy's fucked Europe is fucked And because people don't want to acknowledge The history that the history of Europe They also cannot accept and acknowledge the present And it's sad because it just means that The future is very very dire And people won't see it until it's too too late So to the man that killed him Fuck you and fuck you And suck out for an eternity I hope you and that useless girlfriend of yours Like that scraggly bag That all of you suffer And burn in the hottest part of hell Is what I wish for you Like I'm just disgusted very very disgusted and I hope that something is done I'm seeing that on mainstream media in the UK They're slowly starting to cover and um, what happened now And I hope that it will be part of a larger conversation Because these things are all intertwined The violence and the um, That is wished upon black people All of the time In everyday situations Like And then again The video is just floating around social media This black man being killed By um, a random white Italian Just walking by Like that's perfectly okay What with the world we're living in Is not okay This is not okay This cannot continue to stand This is not all right it's not, it's really not. But anyway, that's me. That's that for this episode of SYM. Um, I've been Kalechi Okafor. This has been SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What. That's right, suck your mum. I hope that you all look after yourselves and I hope that these transits that are happening astrologically, they work out in your favour, that they bring you to a higher um, plane of understanding and of pleasure and of just seeing life, innit? Well, I'll catch you on the flip side. Peace. It's the Benz Brunani woman is Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this Baby sit down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea, we are go sippy yo Hard time scrolling for your long truths You might learn something you never know Could let you find, and she's one of a kind Don't say you mind, say you mind